while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, here with Chris McCarthy. Hey, Chris. Hey, Marcus. Oh, that's the wrong. I'll eventually get a hold of this. Oh, that's that's your mic. That's my mic. Mayor's mic. <laughs> it, is that? I think it works. Mayor Mitchell? I'm here. All right, cool. <laughs> here we are. We're all, we're all here. <laughs> so welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, joined by Chris McCarthy and New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, did you just hang out? Uh, after Tim's show until we, uh, until we came Yeah, here. basically, yeah. Right. I was uh, <laughs> trying to clean up in the kitchenette in the back. <laughs> so they want to be noticed. You, you, um, you have, um, you made a, you made a big push, Mayor, for um, people to uh, to vote in the city. And I, we, I heard you make that remark on Tim's show. We were yeah. wondering, do you have any particular candidates that you I, think people ought to get out to be voting for? Don't say more Healy. We know more Healy. Yeah, more Healy. <laughs> stole my thunder, Marcus. <laughs> we knew you were going to say be, that. We've already written the primary. We've already written the headline for that that she wins the primary. Right. Yeah, what about a little bit yeah. further down the ballot? I haven't. I haven't. Um, I haven't endorsed anybody. And uh, you know, it's not to say I won't. Although time is running out for that. Right. It's here we are. It's August. Uh, what are we? August tenth, right now. So the primary's <clears throat> less than four weeks away at this point. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of folks who in, uh, from both parties who attend, who are more inclined to, uh, endorse that than I. And I, 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 we talked about it last time I was right. on a little bit. Right. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I've thought about it over the years and, you know, sometimes, it, some, sometimes there are good reasons to endorse a candidate. One is if there's just a clear choice, whether, you know, one person's just a lot more competent or a lot more honest or just, you know, whatever is right. the right, right sort of shared values, whatever it is. Elections matter. Sure. They really matter. Yeah. yeah. And um, so if I need to like just sort of make crystal clear to the public where I stand on, on a given candidate, um, I, I, you know that, that I'll I'll do that if it's if it's not a close call if it's if it's you know in a, a race in which there's um, at least two candidates who are both very competent both very honest and both um, both of whom I have sort of an equal relationship with it then I probably won't take sides in it right. and the reason I won't do that is um, is 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 this I, I don't I, I tend to think that the the, the political upside um, of endorsing a candidate, of uh, the right candidate, is uh, outweighed by the political 
downside of Certainly. picking the wrong one. That's winner, true. Right? It's right. just there is, and I've seen it over the years, and I've been, you know, there have been times when I've picked the wrong person and the other person has resented it of course. later. Yeah, right. As opposed to just, you know, maintaining, you know, friend, maintaining friendly relationships right. with everybody, which right. is like what I what I try to do. That's right. kind of where I've been. I, I will say this, though. One thing that's important, I, I will not endorse a candidate who doesn't come down and say, Mayor, what's you know, sit sit with me and say what's important. I was to just going to say, I will you, tell you, that not all of them have done that. Yeah, I was just going to say, you can't endorse a candidate that didn't show up to the feast either, right? Well, there's two. That could be a disqualifier <laughs> too, right? As really? we were discussing the other day. So right, there have been right. some candidates. You know, more Healy has certainly come here and, yeah. and sat with me, and, and we had an hour and a half long meeting a few weeks ago, in which I sort of went through in some detail what I thought was important for Greater New Bedford with her. I mean, the real and and I've done that with others. The reality is that none of these candidates are from the New Bedford area, uh, and almost to a person, they are unfamiliar with it. Yeah. I think Moore is probably an exception to, to that, but um, but they're all unfamiliar. So it's not to say they can't do a good job for us, but they got a lot of learning to do. Right. So, um, you know, if there was a you know viable candidate from this area, I would probably be backing that person pretty much on that ground alone. But, right. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 how I, I think about these things. Um, Healy spoke very because um, you know I had that I had that interview uh, with her uh, at the feast grounds. She spoke very effusively uh, of your performance as as mayor. I'm wondering. It was just the way I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering, um, you know, what you envision your relationship with uh, a governor Maura Healy would be if she's elected. Well, I've known her for a long time, and. Uh, you know, I, I you know, knew of her in college. She was a year behind me. She was oh, the really? point so that, guard on the. I didn't realize it was team. that. I didn't realize yeah. you knew it that well. Yeah. So I and I've known her since that. Um, that since she's gotten in office, and we've um, you know have a lot of folks, friends in common. Um, uh, and, I, and I think she. Um, yeah, I think that it's a very it's a strong relationship, and I, so I think she tends to say that I like to think that she trusts uh, my advice and I've given her some advice. I was giving her some advice just before you, you interviewed her, um, the other day at the feast and, uh, for, you know, for what it's worth about just the things to emphasize and so forth, especially around here. But I also think that, um, uh, I, I think having that relationship is an important one. It's, it's the governor, the governor's position in Massachusetts is has a, a fair amount of institutional authority, formal authority, and um, you know, and it really comes in, of the things that that are important to us here, like funding infrastructure projects, like the you know the Bedford Favorite Bridge, the port yeah. projects, right? You know, uh, a new courthouse. I mean, all these things. Uh, those are gubernatorial decisions. They're not legislative. This, by and large, the legislature plays an indirect role in those in those right. decisions, but it's primarily the governor driving right. it. So, if you want stuff, <laughs> be, be in with the governor. Yeah, and uh, so so that puts New Bedford in a pretty good position then. I'd like to think so. W with you yeah. at the helm, right? It's better than and, yeah, better than the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, sure. But, but you've done pretty bigger. well in the Baker. I think we have. Yeah. I, I think we have, and it took it, it it took some time, and I think it's been good. Um, I think they have grown to understand what we're trying to do. Um, and when we bring them projects, you know, we back the projects, the proposals up with a whole lot of information and some strong arguments. And we, and I, to much to his credit, he uh, has made, um, he, he has not been um, driven primarily by 
political considerations when making investment decisions, mm-hmm, right? right? He tries tries to make merit-based decisions. I think the lieutenant governor has been very helpful in that way. She's gotten to know this part of the state a lot better. She moved she, down she, here. She lives here now, right? right. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Uh, so she's in right here. So that's that is that's definitely has helped. Uh, it has helped that a number of members of his cabinets have gotten close with us, um, especially ones with purse strings, like Mike Heffernan at the Administration of Finance. He controls the money in the right. administration and he's we've had a great working relationship with him he's found money for us significant money for us on a number of projects your, your um, advanced manufacturing campus has had a lot to do with the state you've worked a lot with them on that right yeah we've worked with them on that one i think that's uh you know they've they've helped with some of the marketing on okay. planning on, on on that one but you know things like i mean i'll tell you I mean, i'll just give you an example you know right now we are seeking to uh, build a an extension of Leonard's Wharf. So, just for everybody's you know mind's eye, the Leonard's Wharf is the wharf that's um, um, the one on the southern side of the waterfront grill. It's the one you know across the street from the Fairfield Inn. Okay. And yep. Leonard's Wharf is it needs to be repaired. But what we want to do is repair it and extend it 150 feet out into the harbor, so oh. we can support. More fishing vessels, more offshore wind vessels. Sure. And so it's about a $42 million project. We have a pending grant with the USDOT uh, right now in which we had to come up with half, of, roughly half of the match. So we put in a couple of million dollars, but we don't have that much more to put in the state. Right. Very quickly in a very time, in a short time frame said, all right, well, uh, and we went to them and we laid out all the arguments why this was yeah. important. They put up $18 million just wow. like that. Um, Excellent. And like within a week. And Really? That sort of thing hasn't happened historically here, right? And it's because there's a pre-existing relationship. It's because they respect what we have to say. And frankly, that goes a long way. We've tried to, you know, we we don't go to them for everything, for every, you know, you know, little, you know, grant here and there. We don't waste political capital on a $40,000 grant. If we get one, great, you know, but right, it's right. like that's, we're not holding our breath for this stuff. It's the bigger stuff that really moves the needle here. Well, speaking of capital, um, the city council has uh, in front of them is it tomorrow or uh, sometime soon the capital improvement plan that they kicked recently they did um so uh can you talk about yeah, that give a us little a little bit? background on this yeah so every year so so before i got into the office the city didn't have a capital improvement plan a capital improvement plan is is what it sounds like which is it's a plan to improve the built the, the capital of the city, right? All the, the physical assets the city owns, right? So roads and buildings and water and sewer lines, everything, the infrastructure, the physical infrastructure, the physical built plant of the city. Um, we, When we established the CFO position in the city, one of the first things that Ari Sky, the CFO, did was to establish a capital plant so that we could plan out our repairs. We had to have an, an assessment of the condition of everything, right? And then starting with that, we started in on like like doing the stuff that city should be doing. Like, so you didn't fixing, have that beforehand? No, <laughs> no, the city didn't. Yeah. So I'm um, sure you had it in Freetown when you were on the we select did. board. I'm sure you did. Yeah. We the did. That's Beckham crazy. Did not. Uh, <laughs> we certainly do now. And so. You know, we played a lot. We played catch up for a long time, which is to say, we were fixing roofs that hadn't been touched in a long time, including in the school system. The good news is we've caught up. Yeah, yeah. Buildings are in much better shape now, but 
now we have a process in place. So that just blows my mind, really. I mean, I, we had yeah. one in the 90s, for God's sakes. We were part-time guys. Well, we, we're just... We, Beth was catching up to Freetown. That's incredible. That's it. You know, you, <laughs> were, very, you were way ahead of your time. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, my dad had one, too. You know what I mean? Like, you probably have one at your house. I mean... Right. I mean, you know... Right. Hey, right. I'm sorry. Go so ahead. You get, so you got to keep up with things. What we don't do, what we haven't done is like these grand expansions of stuff. We've had to rebuild public... By the way, so if you look at what... There's a reason why New Bedford has had the oldest stock of elementary schools like, in the state, the oldest set yeah, of fire right. stations right. in the state, right? The oldest set yeah. of the police stations. It's right? not a it's not a uh, dedication to historic aesthetic. Right? Well, no, it's not. It's not that. It's, you know, they, oh are, they, you know, they are cool looking buildings, but like yeah. you know, you have to replace them eventually, right? right? Yeah. So we weren't in that business, and we got into that business, and so we've been catching up, right? So like we just built the first public safety, first fire station in the city, uh, completed it last year. That was the first one since that was built since 1956. Incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. So, that is incredible. So that's really that's, something. So that's how, so we're trying to modernize stuff, but it's not like we're gold plating things. It's not like we're going out doing these extravagances, right? We're not building, I, I don't know, I mean, the High Line, like in you know New York, it's not like we're building, sure. There's no you know, gold you, toilets. You know, you know wa water parks and stuff on, on, on the taxpayers. Now we're fixing things, right? right As yeah. we must, right? And so, well, we've been able to just fix a lot of roofs, and then we started in on on doing more on the roads. The state funding for roads has been flat for years now. The Chapter Ninety program, um, and now we, the city, didn't have a a recurring commitment to road spending. We do now. It was it was basically we just take the money from the state, we fix fix roads. Now we're yeah. putting money into it. So that's what we do, right? It's nothing. There's nothing sexy about it. It's just like we we, we responsibly fix things, right? Just keep it up. So that's what. So when we do that every year, we go to the city council every year with a proposal. Yeah. Here are the things we're going to fix. That's what we have in front of the council now. Um, and so, in particular, of the eleven million dollars in capital spending that we proposed, three million would go to roads. Uh, another roughly three million, a little more than three million, would go to public safety-related items, ranging from tasers to improvements and the, right. their facilities. There's some money for the zoo, which we have to do if we keep up for with like accreditation requirements and stuff like that. But that's basically yeah. There's some money that in, for the municipal building on um, one of the municipal buildings on Pleasant Street. Um, nothing all that remarkable about it and we had a delay the city council was ready to be passed and the frustrating thing you've heard some of the things i've said about it they they sent it back uh to committee uh yeah. finance committee inexplicably inexplicably <laughs> i still can't well and, <laughs> and so it mean, really doesn't make the meantime, any sense the fed raises rates and so, uh, the, you know, interbank was it inter purely a stalling rates, tactic? Right? So that means interest rates, the long-term interest rates, go up okay, across the board, th and therefore, that's important. That's important to to uh, to remember is that the it's the interest rates are um, are fluctuating and they're going up, and so now it's going to cost the taxpayers more money by stalling the improvement uh, of that capital improvement plan, yeah, because you're borrowing uh, at a higher interest rate. Right? Is this? In part, your fault for winning the 2011 mayoral election. <laughs> 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 Thank you know, I try to be many things in this job, but a mind reader, wish, not, a mind reader is not one. Right? Right? It's yeah. It's, but yeah. Is, is it a stalling tactic? Was there anything wrong with the package that they needed to go back to committee? It doesn't make any sense to me. I know you weren't involved, so it doesn't. I mean, do you if have. If there was something wrong with it, there should have, if there was some element, 
if there's some project they objected to, just cut it out. We got to right. get to market on the stuff. Yeah, that right. Everybody agrees with. We need to be building roads and repairing roads in yeah. the city, right? right. Uh, and we're committed to that. We've been doing it. We've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. And let's not make it more expensive. You right. know. And there's other stuff like police officers need tasers, right? That's Big you know, deal. Rather, you have them yeah. grabbing at a taser because that that's works. Because if it doesn't work, then they have to resort to a firearm, right? Right. To right. Protect right. themselves. You don't want that, right? So, um, so that it's it's those things that you know for which there is no reasonable disagreement, right? And it's not like the city. The city, according to the rating agencies, the Wall Street rating agency doesn't uh, that rates our bonds and and ultimately leads to like who's whose assessment leads to the interest rate that we pay our bond rating um uh, say that you know we we are bo- our borrowing levels are far below what cities uh on average around the country uh are at right now like when it's not like we're like overextended yeah on debt uh, not, not even close to it so right. that's not an issue either so anyway it's, it's frustrating I, I came forward with this not to like throw punches for the sake of throwing punches but People need to know, like, these little delays make a difference. Like, what goes on in the city council chamber um, matters well, a lot. We don't have this. I mean, as you guys know, we don't have the press coverage anymore to scrutinize that. Yeah. Right? But uh, everybody needs to pay attention. I mean, we, tried, we, we covered it. We tried covering it a few days later, um, and essentially there was uh, – I mean, there was somebody different taking the reins of leadership in the council that day because uh, Ian Abreu was on vacation. So right. it was Linda Morad. Yep. And my understanding is that she led the charge to get this kicked back to the committee. Uh, she did. Yeah. She did. And it's unfortunate. And, uh, it's an, and she, she uh, knows about it. She really knows about it. Yeah, right. She came from banking. I mean, she understands money. She... she she does, right? I mean, you know, not not that being ignorant of it would, would be a good excuse anyway. But but no, really, I mean, everybody she knows needs better. to do their you homework just, on the stuff and understand. Should have just won by a little bit less. If you won by a little bit less, we wouldn't have this problem. All right, no comment on that. So, uh, so I, I did see uh, John that we had in the, the state auditors candidates, um, mm-hmm. and and they the auditor is the, is the chairman of the local municipal finance board, right? Right. And um, and they have a lot to do with your borrowing. They can they can let you use the state borrowing. Right. And so in preparation for that interview, I read a lot of the, the minutes of, of the pre- previous meetings. I noticed that you sent your team up there recently. You back had in that kind April. of time on your hands to be reading that stuff? I have nothing to do now. <laughs> <laughs> I was hospital bound. I'm so excited to have the opportunity. Is that right. in a to induce sleep that, <laughs> right. that you're having insomnia? No, no. So, but you got your team made a, made a very important presentation up there about what they're borrowing money for. Mm-hmm. But to, to allow them to borrow at a lower rate. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that really professional presentation your team made to the state board, um, it's most of the constitutional officers are on that board of their representatives, yep. to then have this type of a shenanigans right in the background, it just doesn't help. Does it doesn't make the city look uh, it, great. It, 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 it doesn't. Uh, I don't know whether it's within view of the state. I think the state drew, or, well, you know, we had some problems last year with the borrowing concerning <coughs> the, uh, the, the wastewater projects that we have to do pursuant to a federal order, right? right? The city council didn't want to move forward with them. He said, it's too much money. I, and I said, I agree, it's too much money, but the federal government's making us do it. <laughs> you have to do it. Right? Yeah, so like, do what can I it. say, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've fought that fight and we've, we've, you know, like every other city in America, we've we've lost on it, right? Mm-hmm. Every other city in America that's subject to a, a federal consent decree for wastewater. And, uh, but in holding it up, we've missed out on, 
uh, a number of subsidies from the what's called the state revolving fund, right? Which is which is a federal state program that um, subsidizes both principal payments as well as interest payments on um, on bonds for water, wastewater, and water improvement projects. Right? right. The thought is, you know, the federal government is really sort of pushing some of these mandates on drinking water as well as wastewater mandates, and so the federal government should be you know, funding some of it. And so they do through that program, not nearly enough, right? But they do. But because the city council wasted its time on this, um, yeah, uh, we missed out on some of the loan forgiveness that we were eligible for. We'd have been at the top of the top of the list in the state for. Mayor, Mayor I'm very curious about this. I'm curious <laughs> about this. Um, I don't know if you can hear me, but the, um, what is the, Working relationship like with the city council. In other words, they're all they're, they're all independently elected. Yeah. So, it's, so it's, it, it, do it they come in and see you? Do any any of them come in and see you? Yes, yeah, some some, some do. do it's, right? not the, it's not the same with everyone. Who's your favorite? I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who do you work the best with? Uh, yeah, I have uh, I have six I have I have six favorites and they're the ones who vote with me. Right? It's like that's, uh, if you vote with me, you're, you're all of a sudden become my favorite. But yeah. now, look, look, it's, it's a like, business. You, it has to be run like a corporation, is, right? So, so the, the so if you were to so I talked to a lot of mayors around the country. You know, I'm active in the U.S. Conference of Mayors and you know active in the Massachusetts uh, Mayors Association. You know, every mayor in America has has issues with their city council. Some, yeah. uh, sure. you know, uh, some it, it pla- certain places it's more tense than others. I think, you know, hearing just thinking about this as frustrating as it is sometimes for me um, and stuff that we just talked about and other things. Um, you know, I would say, I would say, we're your efforts probably somewhere in the middle of the pack in terms of. Uh, just how copacetic it is between the mayor and the city council. Look, and right. you don't expect it. You don't. You know, look. Uh, you know, in fairness, I don't expect the city council to be a rubber stamp. I don't expect the city city councilors to be, um, you know, to agree with me all the, the time. Right, uh, every single one of them. That's that would that's, that would wouldn't be very democratic. Right. 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 Yeah. But but um, uh, you know, I think it's fair for the public to expect every. Uh, elected official to to do their homework, to understand uh, the issues, uh, to form an opinion, and say why they're voting one way or, or not. Are right? you saying that some do that and some don't? I could be saying that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not breaking news, Marcus. Right, that's, right. There's nothing new there. Right. The um, what's your what's the um. How's the school committee been? Because you're the chairman of the school committee. We don't give that as much attention, I think, we as don't. we should. We right? should. Because you've done a lot with the schools in your time, Mayor. When you came in, you were not happy with the school system. And you've done a lot of work with the school system. And it's so crucial to a city's success. Not just the city overall, but to the individual children, including your own, yeah. that are going through that school system. If you don't get a good education, you've got a lot of troubles coming in life. It's just, you know, you can make or break a child's future through the education system. And I know that you've concentrated a lot on that. How do you feel about it these days? I, I feel uh, like, you know, it's certainly come a long way. It's come a long way. And, and we, re- we have reformed just about everything, right? We, ha- we reform, we've reformed the, you know, the underlying strategic plan, the, you know, the, the way kids are bused, the way that they eat their meals, the way that uh, the curriculum in the classroom, the, um, the uh, personnel management, the finances, like everything has mm-hmm. been 
changed and it had to be because it was all in a bad way when when i got in and you know there are uh, certainly markers of success the one that we are proudest of of course is the change in the huge improvement in the graduation rate yeah. in new bedford high going from 58 to 88 percent which is you know it's just something i'm just very very proud of because that's a whole lot of kids who are Absolutely. You know, much better path uh, to adulthood um in a city that's far more economically competitive as well uh, you know, we've seen a lot of growth uh, at the elementary levels, almost across the board, some extremely, right? So yeah. the Congdon School is one of the best uh, elementary schools in, in America, not just in Massachusetts, not just in New Bedford. I mean, the scores, and it's been recognized by the Department of Education as such, right? It's a school with 75% of its kids who speak a language other than English, and yet they, they were in the 86th percentile in MCAS scores statewide in a state that is known to have the highest standardized test scores in, in the Western world, right? So uh, that's pretty pretty good. We've yeah. had some other elementary schools that have struggled but are coming along. Um, I think the, the gap has been at the middle school level, and that's no secret. You know, we've spun our wheels there, and as there's some, you know, I think there are a number of reasons for it. Some of the demographic changes in the yes. city, but that's not that's not all of it. Uh, they're starting, to, I think they were starting to come along just as the pandemic hit, and now the, the pandemic was extraordinarily disruptive to yeah. to education here yes. as it was everywhere else right. you know, uh, but but that'll continue the work will con i mean obviously the work continues you know uh, i think we're in a far better place we've got more funding now the, the state has changed its funding formula uh to a great degree and so yeah you know, we're to, we've got the resources now to, to uh to continue to improve yeah it's uh 25 million over uh, seven years approximately from yeah. the student opportunity act right yeah so and so uh you know, look we we're spending a, some, a fair amount of that money on one-time expenditures because you don't know, like, it, that's a lot of money right. to be sustained by the state. So we're doing a lot of fixing up uh, of school um, properties right now, ranging from floors and kitchens and I mean, unit, classrooms. I mean, I, everything, you name it, we're, we're, we're fixing it up. But there's, there's a huge amount of work going on just to improve the, the schools and to build some new ones too, right? So that's like the, the time, again, to go back to the – you know the adage of uh you know fixing the roof while it's raining uh, before it rains while the sun is shining that, that's 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 what we're doing now but uh we're also expanding what we do with ell students english language learners and you know we're building out an honors academy even more so that kids can get into competitive colleges all that stuff so there's a lot if we could spend a whole time. oh yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah we probably will one day yeah uh, mayor mitchell th um thanks for coming on again that meeting is tomorrow at 7 p.m that's the city council and finance meeting and uh, I would say, right, you're probably encouraging people to maybe call, contact their city councilors and ask them to vote for this. That's a great this. idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I encourage everybody. Like, if you like your roads fixed, I think this, uh, this is a good time to call your city councilor. Okay. Mayor Mitchell, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, and, guys. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight. Chris and Marcus will be back soon. 1420 WBSM. <laughs> the off-air podcast. Off podcast is so good. So that the on-air podcast is pretty good too. That was a good interview with Mayor Mitchell. The uh, that was good. Uh, the the mayor is always um, um, ready to answer. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he. Um, I thought that his answer on the city council was very interesting. Yeah. Um, look, the, the reality of it is, is that I thought that that the fact they they never had a capital improvement plan. More it's ridiculous. I have to tell you something that yeah. when I came into elected office out in Freetown, not that we did everything right, I would never claim that, but but um, Bruce Wilbur, who was on the on the board with me, uh, he was a, he was a business guy. He um, 
you know, we started laying out a capital improvement plan. But if you think about it, at your own house, you know, you know that you put a roof on five yeah. years ago, you're going to have to put one on in 15 years. You start saving for it. You know, if you need want to put a pool in, you know, or whatever, right? There's a lot of things in your life. The fact that the city of the size of New Bedford didn't have a capital improvement plan is incredible. I, I had assumed, I had assumed the whole time that, by the way, we're taking calls at 508 I assumed the whole time that this had been since the dawn of time there's a capital improvement plan. So did I. So and did that I. there were members of the council that have been a lot around for a long time that probably should have known for, you know, being there for a long time right. what the implications were. But apparently, you know, still, it's still, it's still like 10 years. Well, but they, but they were there when there wasn't one and they had to remember that what it was like then. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because in, in, what do you budget for? I don't, yeah. I don't, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, so I, I think that we, we, uh, that was an interesting segment. I hope people love municipal finance well, as much as you and I do. But well, well, what I thought was interesting is, I mean, he more or less called out the city council. Didn't name names. We named names, right? But didn't name names. But said that you know you'd hope certain members of the city council are paying attention, know what's going on, right. and are making the right votes that are informed votes. And I started you saying some of them aren't doing that. Right. He said, yeah, right. <laughs> he I said mean, yes, which which is a very rare thing in local politics, right? Yeah. Which, which which is why you listen to South Coast tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we um we we ask the hard questions, <laughs> the uh, and the fun ones. Yeah. So the and I thought I thought his, his discussion of the schools and we'll have to do more of that, I, Marcus. And I and the reason I mentioned the 2011 elections because it was clear that members of the city council are trying to one member of the city council is trying to relitigate electoral disappointments. The um, the the fact of the matter is that we have um. A lot of municipal employees listening right now. Yeah. You know, because during the day they can't really, they're at work and, and they can't give us a call at 508-996-0500, but they can at night. And I, I thought the education piece was important because I'd like to hear from teachers yeah. as well. Um, one of the things, Marcus, that um, and I, I didn't get a chance to ask him about it because we were running sl- short on time, but there is a real shortage of teachers out there. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing about education, it is, it is, um, driven by the employment, yeah. right? By who you hire, who, how, who you retain, who you lose, who you never hire. Um, all across the level at the education level. So well, next time we get the mayor, we'll talk more well, about well, that. Well, I'd like to do an education segment. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and that's something we're going to integrate more. And by the way, the... the and not a boring one either. No, education is fun. Right. So... <laughs> Learning is fun. So uh, it's fundamental. In fact, it? actually, we have our council post game segment coming back. It it was gone. I, it it started off strong when we um when we first started because right, there were some but meetings. Then they didn't have meetings. Then they have meetings. It was very tough tough to discuss a meeting that doesn't happen. So now we're going to our our council post game segment is going to come back where you're going to have city councilors. Uh, live reacting to what happened in the meeting. So we're going to find out tomorrow in real time if the CIP, the capital improvement plan, was was passed in the finance and if it goes back to the full council. So we'll see whether or not Marcus, you're going to borrow at a lower rate than you would maybe a month from now. I have a question. What if a city councilor right now is listening to that interview and they don't agree with the mayor? They could give us a live reaction to that right now, couldn't they? They could, yeah. At 508 They could, actually. Let's go to the phones now. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Chris. Uh, just a little bit of history on the CIP stuff. Oh, thanks, back in Back in 1980, uh, most of uh, the projects and, and the planning and the expenditure of funds came through the planning department. And that, that, that the planning department during my tenure there in the first four years, 1884, uh, they had a great crew there. And the city was, was really uh, active with 
with millions of dollars in community development fund. They were going to model cities, all those kind of things. And, of course, Whale was involved. Uh, so what would happen is uh, the planning department would, would notify the council uh, that something was coming forward. Uh, they would present the plan uh, and how it would be financed to the city council, and then it got to vote up and down, which basically meant that the administration had a, a lot of authority in that point in time. It was Maki was very good at uh, these types of things. Uh, and you combine that, for example, uh, with the bus station downtown. Uh, that was uh, completely, uh, with a little bit of impetus for me, uh, truly, uh, Jack Maki's uh, uh, project. Uh, which proved, you know, now it's been up there 30 years. It's been pretty good service to the city. Right. And we didn't, pay a, we didn't pay a nickel for it. But it was presented to the council uh, in the form of a, a federal grant. The city uh, valued the property, uh, the parking lot that was there. And in the plan, there was parking on top of the bus station, uh, which still is there today. Uh, it didn't cost the city a nickel. That's fantastic. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You bring it into the council, it won six to five. Wow. <laughs> really? Think, oh, yeah. Six to five. There were five people against it. I was flabbergasted at that one. I mean, because prior to that, we had a, a double wide trailer in, in the parking lot where the bank building is, Kitty Corner, to where the bus station is now. And uh, it was horrendous. You saw old ladies out there in the middle of the winter. I was still going to school at the time at UMass, and, and it was just horrendous. And that's why I walked into the mayor's office, and he was very good to me, frankly. You know, and uh, I'll always remember that from him and his administration. I walked into the mayor's office. I said, Jack, you guys are promoting, you know, historical New Bedford. What you, what's going to happen when somebody from Iowa comes out of there, gets off the bus and sees this? Right. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a good fix. Plus, the need uh, is tremendous. And he, he told me flat out, he says, give me a couple months, I'll call you back. A couple of months go by, come back, he's got the plan out there, he's got all the members of the city planning department, the funding that was proposed, and he pointed to me and says, now you got to get the votes. And I was like, wow, okay. Well, you know, and I worked them and uh, just about got by. Well, now, thank yeah. God, thank God for people like uh, Nelson Macedo, uh, Mark Treadup, naturally John Pat Callahan, Rosalind Paul Brooker, uh, and there was one other person, I forget who it was, uh, it might have been... Uh, who was it? Was it Dorothy Kenny? Oh, Rod. No, it was Rogers. It was Rogers. Oh, George. Sure. Of course it was George. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the capital improvement plan, you know, comes out of the city's comprehensive development plan. And that only happens every 20 years. So there, there's a reason why it, it skipped for so long, because people were familiar. point I'm trying to make is people were familiar with the efforts of the city planning department. And at that point in time, they were very, very good. Well, Tom, you made a great point about the mayor saying to you that, first of all, that you met with the mayor on the project, so you you, you were brought in on the, on, the, on, the, on the project, and then he said to you, you've got to go get the votes, right? So how right. much of the work of a city councilor is really done off the floor, behind the scenes? How much of that is the job? Oh, I, I, I would say... You know, between constituent services, you know, people think, you know, it's a part-time job. It's nowhere near a part-time no, job. No, no. If you're not putting 40 hours in a week, that means your phone number is unlisted or something. Yeah. I, I still get called 20 years later, you know, but yeah. and I get a private number. I hear about <laughs> former counselors getting calls all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the idea, the behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah, there, there's certain clicks that take place, and those clicks certainly uh, on the phone constantly with each other uh, and at least uh, conversations before meetings or after meetings uh, and uh, just talking about the various issues that come before the council 
So yeah, there, there, there's some behind the scenes stuff. You know, it, it, uh, it's just natural. I mean, cause no, of course, some, I agree. Sometimes you don't get all the information when you need it, and that that's a problem sometimes. As long as the information comes in, uh, so that you have a chance to discern what your vote's going to mean one way or the other, then that's okay. Whether you know, if it's for the administration or against the administration, as long as you make a, 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 a full-hearted decision on what you think is right for the people you represent, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, it's when uh, things get rushed through sometimes, and you, you don't have all the information, uh, and that's why there's sometimes delays. I don't like what happened with the 129 million delay. Uh, and I think if that costs the city money, that's a problem for a lot of councilors. Right. Uh, you know, that subsidy that, that, that we missed out on. This tonight was the first time I heard that from the mayor. Right. And uh, I didn't realize See, if there was communication back and forth between the administration, that would have weighed heavily on a city council's uh, decision well, to people, delay or not delay. A lot of people don't, you know, I think I think what we, what the mayor was didn't, I don't know, didn't really say is there are people who, who he talks to. Maybe he did say that there are some he talks to and there's some that don't ever yeah. come see him. Yeah. Which, right. How are you going to get yeah. the information if you're not going to call the man? Well, right? well, that's what I'm saying. They should, yeah, they should be reaching out. I mean, it just yeah. feels like if you're a city councilor, you should be having regular contact. That, and with Tom, mayor. when you, yeah. as you as you pointed out with uh, Mayor Markey, you were in regular contact with him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They love me. I mean, I, <laughs> I beat one of the, the nemesis. So I walked in, and, and frankly, uh, I had a lot to learn. Took about six months to learn it, right? And yeah. uh, right off the bat, you know, I, I was like, "Wait a minute!" You, you know, we were presented with a community development thing that they had expressed to me certain support for certain projects that I had uh, interest in, and they weren't in that plan. I I referred the whole thing to committee, and they went bananas. Sure, of course, <laughs> my own naivete at the time, <laughs> but they straightened it out. You know, within days, it got straightened out. You know, because at that point in time, I think the city was getting like uh, $22 million in uh, community development funds. But, yeah, you have to learn it, you know, and that's why I always give a little bit of uh, for newcomers. In oh, there. you have to, so, Tom. You have to. Yeah. They have to learn the language. They have to learn the politics. Uh, they have to see the vision and participate or not in the vision. And so you give them about six months. And, you know, we're now in the... Uh, a time frame where you can actually evaluate, you know, what their efforts are. So. Well, look, I, I have to tell you that I don't think I agree with them on a lot of bigger political issues, but I think Burgo has been has been a, a real breath of fresh air. Um, he seems to do his homework. Um, city Councilor at Large, Burgo. Um, you know, as I said, I, I you know he's probably a little further to the left than I would like him to be, but he seems to be doing his homework and and, and you know he's got the information. I seem to be impressed. I'm being impressed with him. I think he knows how to uh, organize and use his position of power to try to get stuff done. Too. I agree with you. Yeah, He's I agree. Doing some organization with Carl Alves to, for housing, the housing stuff. That's what I, like that's that. what really impressed me. Yeah, um, and that you can't get away with faking it on that stuff. Hey, we got to take a break. Thanks for the call, Tom. Appreciate it. See you, Tom. Um, Thanks. Really, one of my favorite callers because there's a lot of incredible insight about the inner, you know, in, uh, inside baseball of uh, municipal politics you know and I, in New Bedford. Tom, Tom will always tell you what he knew, what he did right, what, and what, where he was wrong. Right? Exactly. He always will tell you. I love that about. All him. right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be taking your calls when we get back. This is South Coast tonight with Chris and Marcus. Fourteen twenty WB. Welcome back. The off off air podcast continues. So. Um, 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the air. Marcus, what's going on? 
Not much. You know, we just had the mayor on. <laughs> so, guys, I, I know that there's probably a lot of people out there that are chomping at the bit. Do we know anything else since the raid on Trump's property? Only that this is the most unprecedented thing in the history of precedents. This precedent doesn't exist. There's no precedent for this. That's so, it. No, no, there hasn't been anything new. Uh, apparently, he was in a deposition today and pled the fifth the whole time. Right. Do I think that that's really, like, it's never good to, I don't know. It's always good to it's plead the fifth. It's always good to plead the fifth. It's never good to talk. It's never good to talk. Talking gets you in trouble. Did you did you see he gave an answer for why he used to... He, he, so he he said he criticized other people in the past that pled the fifth. So he released a statement saying, now I understand why people plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. With, you know, in a politically motivated, you know, witch hunt, yeah. that type of thing, right? So I can't believe... Of course, I can't believe this happened to begin with. But the fact that the Attorney General has not come out and spoken to the country there about why. Be, there has to be something going on. I, I don't know. Maybe they're presenting the evidence to a grand jury and they don't want, you know, they don't. Maybe they're presenting the evidence to a grand jury like now, right now that they have it. And maybe that's why they're not necessarily talking about it. I don't know. It's it's difficult to find a sound reason because, you know, I was saying this last night. It was like this has to be bigger than just a violation of archival law. It has to be. Because it's because if it's just a violation of archival law, you could probably find any president in the you know since the you know Presidential Records Act right. uh, that was probably in some way violated archival law. So there sure. has to be something different here. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's not the nuclear codes, though. No. I heard someone on MSNBC say they could be the nuclear codes. I went, please. please. No, it's, it's not, not the nuclear, nuclear codes. Fourteen twenty. We've got some local talk and national talk coming in the in the eight o'clock hour. And um, stay tuned for that. I think uh, that'll be good. You know what I miss? I was just we're talking What's about that, Marcus? I miss the uh, tr- uh, fake Trump tweet promotions that I used to do. They were very funny. Marcus, Marcus is uh, uh, the- Taylor Comey does a good does a good uh, Trump voice. Does he? When if you listen to Howie Car Show, any Trump time you hear, unless it's really the president. You hear, you hear, when you hear, when you hear, like, it might actually be the president. No, because he does call any of his friends with Howie. Mm -hmm. The, um, but if it's not the president himself, it's Taylor. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he he does a good, he does a good, uh, Donald Trump. Well, stay, you know, stay tuned for that tomorrow, I guess. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So we'll see you guys on the other side of the eight o'clock hour. Again, we got some local talk, some national talk. The FBI did raid the president's house, uh, the former president's house. We have nothing on it other than there is no precedent for this ever. There's The precedent doesn't exist. It's completely unprecedented. There's the only thing we really have. But if you have opinions on it, we'll take your calls at 508-996-0500. You know, we've got a, state, we've got a bunch of statewide elections. We've got some local stuff going on. There's a lot to talk about. There was a, a debate between the DA candidates and the state rep, uh, state rep candidates in Dartmouth last night. We can talk was, about that. That was fiery. It was fiery. It was fiery. So maybe we can get into that in the 8 o'clock hour. Stay tuned.